The Green Solution now has 18 Colorado locations, and it is the place in Colorado to get marijuana, edibles, concentrates, and all of your other CBD and THC products. Download the app or go to MyGreenSolution.com and use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. It's extremely quick and easy to use. With 18 locations, there's always one convenient for you. They have great prices and extremely good quality. Just remember to use that app and use the code DNVR20 to get 20% off when you go. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They have two locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. These guys are also locally owned and have a massive selection and carry our personal favorite Breckenridge Brewery as well. They can even deliver if that's what you're into. You can download their app as well and get awesome deals as well as sign up for their loyalty program. They have you covered, especially when there's some big games coming up, whether it be the outdoor game for the abs or who knows what the Nuggets are going to do on any given night. They might be playing with six players next time for all we know. They can cover you with all the booze in the world. Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I'm Rudo. He's AJ Hayfley. We are here after a very successful weekend for the Avs. We will get into their games a little bit, but first we wanted to cover the more recent news. First with the Avs, the big thing here is they signed Hunter Miska to an actual NHL deal today, mm-hmm. which it feels a little bit overdue in some ways, but I think mm-hmm. it's also pretty telling. So... Yeah, sorry, I was drinking water when you finished that sentence. Yeah, no, sorry, I had to burp also. So I just <laughs> nice. Kinda... <laughs> we're off. We're off to a really good start today. Great start to the pod. Yep. <laughs> um, you know the the thing with Miska was that one, he's played very well for the Eagles and definitely earned this. I want to start there. Hunter Miska earned this. Yeah, as a guy that came out of college with a fair amount of hype and then ended up in Arizona where things just didn't work out. He came into Colorado. He's been nothing but a positive attitude on an AHL deal. He's worked very hard and he's produced results for that team. That's that to me. I'm sorry, but it matters. I think that that's important and that if facing a potential doomsday scenario, which we're about to get into, instead of going out and doing something stupid and using an asset to go get a goaltender that they didn't really need. They just signed this guy that they already had. He's already playing well. He's already here to a contract. Easy. Right. And, I mean, let's face it. If you're down to your third goalie at this point in the season or even the playoffs, you can't have any expectations there. It doesn't really matter who the Avs would have gone out and gotten, barring some absurd move. Hunter right. Misk is as good as anyone else they were going to go out and get on the cheap. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Uh, if if you're talking about Hunter Miska or they go they go outside the organization and a, a Michael Hutchinson or like Toronto just did with Jack Campbell, you know, like go and go and pick a backup, <laughs> whatever. If those are if those are the guys that you're talking about uh, starting a playoff game for you, you're I mean Andrew Hammond, right? Like we saw we saw what happened. We saw the miracle story. We saw the upside of it. We saw the feel good. And then the very next day, we saw him get rocked. Yeah. Like, that's the world when you have a third goaltender, you know, or a, a non-NHL regular goaltender as a guy starting a playoff game for you. Like, it's this is this is purely to hedge their bets. Uh, Adam Werner's injury appears to be serious and long-term, which is such a bad break for him. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. He was having such a good year uh, that... 
hopefully it's not too serious. Hopefully he gets back as quickly as he can. But this prevents the doomsday scenario uh, for the abs, which I, it's funny that they signed this. I had talked to uh, a source about this a week ago who texted me as soon as Miska signed and said, it looks like you were right about Miska because I was poking around about the abs potentially signing Miska to a deal and had asked, uh, you know, what, what, happens if the avalanche go into the postseason because before this con before this the avalanche had four goaltenders under con under nhl contract grubauer Francois, as well as werner and antoine bebo and if both werner and bebo are hurt for the year then that means the avalanche could have potentially been facing down the pos- possibility of going into the postseason with just the two goaltenders uh, on in the organization, and uh, if they if they tried to trade for somebody uh, before the deadline, they could have done that. That was an option, but I mean, obviously, then you're giving something up. Uh, the they could have been put into a situation where they didn't do any of that before the deadline, and then one of your two NHL guys gets hurt, and. Uh, you couldn't Scott have, Foster is suddenly backing up the Avalanche. Well, and like you could not have just signed Miska then, right? You have to sign him before for him to be eligible to play in the postseason. He had to be signed before the trade deadline. Yeah, that was what I was digging into was that clarification uh, that that they do now. Miska now gives them a potential third goaltender. Um, now, obviously, if you know, knock on wood, but if Miska goes out and gets hurt in the next week before the deadline, then they might have to do something anyway. But, you know, at that point, you need to have, like, a seance in your building. Yeah. If you're losing all three of your third-string goaltenders, maybe right. it's time to just ride Grooby and Frankie at that point. Yeah, it's, I mean, wrap them in bubble wrap, like, do whatever. Like, as soon as you as soon as soon you clinch the postseason, just stop playing entirely. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's it, it avoids the doomsday scenario where they don't have a third goaltender. You know, yeah. and and they're they're calling up some emergency goaltender, and Trent Miner starts a playoff game for the Avs. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be something, say yeah. the least, because they would have to be the only guys that they could call up on the emergency list would be guys who are already on their reserve list. Uh, and I don't know that Eustace Sandinen would be. Uh, he's probably going to be busy on a on a deep playoff run over in the Liga, and I don't know that Trent Miner will be. So. That was kind of the situation that they were facing had they not gotten a third goaltender who is healthy under an NHL contract. So this this is just good, smart business. Uh, take care of their own. Miss Good come in on an AHL deal, had earned it. Uh, this is just, this is good. This is good business. I'm happy they did it. Yep. I am pretty much fine with it as well. Like I said, it's a third string goaltender. Miska's fine as anyone for that role so they didn't have to give up anything for it and got it done on the other side of things minor league we we have uh two players called up to the eagles from the echl that's not super relevant to the abs however it is a bit curious as far as we know there haven't been significant injuries to the eagles obviously the nazim Kadri situation is going on we'll know more about his injury tomorrow but you see the Eagles calling up people and you wonder are people coming up to the Avs then? That's it's a natural wonder. You know, we'll find out tomorrow morning at uh morning skate just kind of what's going on. But two two forward call-ups uh on the same day that you know, the day after that Nazem Kadri uh, gets hurt that Burkowski got a stinger on his knee in the third period that Belmar appeared to be laboring late in the third period. You just can't help but wonder exactly what's going on here. You know, but it could just as easily be, hey, the Eagles have two injuries. Right. It it wouldn't surprise me at all if that ends up being the case. But as you said, the timing is a curiosity with all of that. And there are certainly... A lot of conversations are being had about the possibilities of getting Kamenev in, of getting Shane Bowers in, things right. like that. So you have to wonder. That's where if, I would start, Kamenev. Yeah, sure. that I, I'm fine with that. I would love to see Bowers get games. I think there's a lot of supporting numbers to to play Bowers over Kamenev, but 
what has Kamen have been sitting around for if not to play in a situation like this? Exactly. What's the point then if you're not going to play him? Now, if you have a second injury, then uh, you've got you. Then you've got a choice to make. Yeah. It. I mean, you know, do you have any confidence at all that Bowers would be the call up? The first call up. Either one. I think there's a chance he could be the second. No way he's the first. Would you would would you do it just because they're playing Ottawa tomorrow and it would be funny to see him get his NHL debut against them? Absolutely. You know <laughs> he'd score a goal. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that would be fun just like from a I would a cosmic I'd, standpoint. Someone call up uh Dorian and have him call Bodan back up just for that game. Oh my god. Let's have them take the uh opening face off. Yeah, Bowers versus Bodan is the <laughs> opening face off there. Hook me up. That sounds great. I've got money on Bowers winning that face off. Dude, Bowers is just money in general. Yeah. Um I don't have confidence Bowers get called up. I'm I still think it'll be it would be tying in or Dries. Those are the two guys that I'm guessing. I don't know if it would be Tynan, unfortunately. And no knock against Dries. I, he's a good hockey player. I think it's probably him to get called up. I just would rather Bowers. Yeah. No, I mean, my personal preference, obviously. Like, we yeah, yeah. Play the prospects. Like, that's why you have them. So. Um, but, you know, Dries has played well and he's familiar and Bedner's comfortable and all those things that we talk about all the time. All Pretty much. Of, it's frustrating because at the beginning of the year, we're like, oh, we'll let Bowers just have a good first half of the season. And then you can just call him up in the second half of the season. And then you get to the second half of the season. And it's like, well, they're in a they're they're in a playoff race. They're not going to call him right. up. It's a very frustrating situation. Yeah, of, it's if not it's very now, circular. Win. Yeah, uh, it, it's a very circular process of excuse making for why the why the prospects aren't getting called up. But we don't even know. Like we don't even know what's going to happen. So just have to wait and see, I guess. On non-avs related moves, this is just breaking before we went live on this show. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Wild have traded Jason Zucker to Pittsburgh for Alex Galchenyuk, a 2020 first round pick, and Kalen Addison. This feels like. I don't know if I would say an expected move, but I think it's the right move for Minnesota to make. I think it's a really good move for them. Uh, it's similar in that uh, they are giving up a guy that who's who's kind of a who's going to be aging out of uh, their the the real a realistic window for them to win in the next few years. Yeah. Um, signed it three years at five and a half million. Is I think is a this is a very good deal for Pittsburgh. They're, they are trying to they are trying to uh, load up on Crosby Malkin keep this going it it's a straight upgrade on Galchenyuk who has been struggling significantly this year right and the acquisition of Galchenyuk from uh Minnesota is kind of like what they did last year when they got uh Kevin Fiala from Nashville where it's like hey let's take a talented player who's kind of worn out as welcome where he is uh and it's uh, this is a frustration for us and let's let's get him in here and let's see if Bruce Boudreaux can get the best out of that talent and if he can, then great. They'll have a really, uh, a really good player on their hands. And if they don't, then that's okay. They have a first round pick, uh, and then a quality prospect in Addison as well. Apparently, it's a conditional first round pick. Oh, Bob said it was just a. First. Oh, it, this is a stupid condition. It's going to be a first round pick. Okay. Uh, the condition is if Pittsburgh does not make the playoffs this year they have the option of pushing the first back to the 2021 draft. So it's a first either way. And Pittsburgh is not going to miss the playoffs. And this year. Pittsburgh <laughs> will not be missing the postseason. So yeah. no big deal. Right. So, so yeah. Okay. That's. And Kalen Addison was their top prospect, which yep. that's not saying a lot of, because that's a system that has hemorrhaged a lot in recent years. They've given up a lot of guys, uh, moved a lot of guys in big deals. Uh, but at the same time, like 
you have a top prospects like and you give them up then you know now you have a new top prospect you have a lesser top prospect than you did 24 hours ago and Kalen Addison is a solid defensive prospect uh for Minnesota to try and work around two two more first rounders and a kick at the can on a young player in Galchenyuk who to me looks his career reminds me so much of Wojtek Volski that I'm just I don't I don't buy into any of this but yeah I'm I'm happy that he's going to get a fresh chance and this is a you know for Minnesota this is a, this is a smart gamble I do I I agree I think this is the the signaling of the end for Minnesota right they un, I think they're starting to understand that it's got to be rebuilt yeah, and I think that they're going to try to retool around. I mean, they have to because of the Parise and uh, yeah, Suter contracts. Right? They're going to try and retool around those guys as they continue to age pretty well. Like those guys are those guys are still solid NHL players right now. Yep, and but. I think that that's that's fine. Like, but they understand like, hey, these are going to be old guys by the time that like old old guys by the time that we're actually competitive meaningfully competitive not hey we're pushing for a playoff spot competitive but like we're here right it's just kind of the reality of their situation at this point you can call it a retool if you want it's a significant one outside of a few pieces yep so the abs broke another team i think it's safe to say you know on honestly um doing this two weeks before the deadline kind of sets a bit of a market yeah um, That's Zucker Zucker has three years. Uh, I believe he's 28 and he has three years left on his deal. So uh, that this, this should not provide a comparable for Chris Kreider because yeah. that is a, that is an expiring contract, not a guy who has signed at a very reasonable amount of money for the next couple of years. Yeah. I Interesting. I, I don't want to spoil anything from our uh, our trade pod because I think it might affect one of the ideas I have. Well, there goes my Zucker trade. <laughs> yeah, the Zucker trade is dead. <laughs> he was one of the guys that I had said, "Hey, this would make sense," but uh, he was not going to be part of my conversations. Well, there you go. You have that to look forward to. We will be live on a Wednesday with that. As for this pod. We got to get out of this first period, so it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. I will always drink to the Minnesota Wild moving in the wrong direction as far as winning is concerned, at least in the immediate. Take that while you can. Also, be sure to check out the Breckenridge event calendar on VDNVR.com. You can RSVP to almost all of our events. We are having an impromptu one, AJ and I, on Friday for all of you coming to town for the stadium series. Drop by, hang out, have some beers with us. Or if you're lonely on Valentine's Day, you can come by and say hi as well. So we'll be there. Come enjoy some Breck Brew with us. We'll be back in a second. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits with Rudo and AJ. We've talked about kind of the general news from today. So let's go back across this weekend and take a look at what the Avs did winning both their games on the back-to-back to make it four in a row and four out of five on the road trip. This went pretty much as ideal as you could have hoped for it from the Avs' perspective. Mm-hmm. So riding real high right now. I guess we can start with the Columbus game, which was a weird game in a lot of ways, but the Avs stuck with it and managed to pull it out. Hell yeah, they did, man. That's about as impressive a road trip as you can have. Uh, riding the first game off, especially because basically nobody won their first game back off by weeks this year. Yeah. Um, it's fine. Like, you'd love to win that game, but whatever. Uh, three, <laughs> three games that you felt, you know, Buffalo and Ottawa, you had to win those, right? And then Columbus, you felt like, hey, that's a good team. But they're riding some heaters right now that don't feel like they're totally real. If the abs are legitimately like, hey, we out here, y'all, trying to win a cup. Like, you can't be that afraid of Columbus. Uh, They were not. They got it done. It was an ugly game. And then the Minnesota game, that's just a very impressive win. Especially given how that game got in the second half where Minnesota used to be able to bully the abs. They used to be able to just bully them. And the abs were like, nah, we good. 
Yeah, that that both of those games are the type of game I think a lot of people have been waiting to see out of the Avs. The Columbus game, finding a way to win a game, staying in one and then finding a way to win it. And the Minnesota game, not taking any garbage. So both of them felt like a nice step for the abs to get off into the second half with. Yeah, you beat Buffalo. Yeah, you beat Ottawa. Great. You're supposed to. These teams on a back-to-back, especially everyone going into it says, you know what? You split, you go over 500 on the road trip. Great. You'll take that every single time to win them both is it's huge. It, it brings them that much closer to the blues with these games in hand that they have. Those are the type of wins that close the gap. Definitely. Um, it's. Uh, this was good, man. Yeah. This I, was, uh, it just feels it just it's very satisfying to see that they finally like kind of climbed the mountain. Right. And yeah. and they they got wins in ways that. We have struggled to see them attain. You know, we talked about their inability to win one goal games, and they just won two of them in a row. Right. It In different ways, in different style of games. One where it certainly felt like that could have easily been a 4-5-1 abs victory with a little bit of puck luck. You mean, it, I mean, damn, dude. Uh, <laughs> the, I feel like the chances of them going into the Columbus game, the third period of that game, down one nothing, were lower than any any other outcome. Right. Uh, it felt like <laughs> the strangest possible way to go through that game. It just, I mean, obviously the five posts a couple inches different, and, and the Abs have a couple of goals, but even the Columbus goal is off of a Seth Jones, who was clearly still hurt when he scored it. Yeah. And it just the game was weird he, had a, he ended up having a broken ankle is it was it broken i didn't see I, I, that's what i thought i read today was that it was a broken ankle and he just rolled up and scored a goal on it and not a great one either like yeah it's not a great goal but. it's not that's one where uh, grubauer you're kind of like ah, it's not great man but then he was so good the rest of the game that you're like i don't really care that much yeah the dude can it, give up one soft goal every game if that's yeah. the only goal he gives up. Exactly. Like, I don't, I don't care, dude, if you let a guy shoot it in from center ice as long as it's the only thing that gets by you. Yep. Exactly like, that. You're going to lock it down the rest of the night. You're, you're the man. And you know what? Credit Pavel Francos the next night, too. After he'd been, what, 25 days, almost a month since his last game. Mm-hmm. And he comes in and he holds Minnesota to two goals. Yeah, and both those goals uh, on on the power play and the only one, I mean, the second one felt a little like, why, why is your stick there if it's not covering your five hole? But yeah, that's so bang, bang, that being technically perfect in that situation is like, come on. Also, you know, it helps to not let the other team walk right into Ugh. the slot on the power play, but <laughs> wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a concept? <laughs> So, you know, <laughs> I PK think might need crazy need some now, work. sir. Like PK might need some work there. Yeah. <laughs> PK might need some work. It's a good way to put it, my friend. But I I mean, that that was a weird game too, right? Cuz no goals in the first period and then first three goals are all special teams. One of them shorthanded. Two oh, on the boy. power play, one for Minnesota, one Avs. Mhm. So, it was everything about the hockey over these two games was very much it was bizarre. Not only was it bizarre, but it was not stylistically the way the abs want to play. Columbus very much ground them down a lot of the time. It was a relatively low event. Ice was probably terrible, to be honest. I mean, that puck was bouncing everywhere in that game. But yeah. nonetheless, the abs were not just lighting it up and, and firing shot after shot after shot. And they still found a way to win. Yeah. Uh, but the Columbus win, you know, <clears throat> really impressive wins for different reasons. Yeah. Um, I guess let's let's just focus on Columbus for now. Sure. We'll get to Minnesota in the third period. Yeah. That way I can get all hyped up. And then when the show ends, I can be all amped up and go do something ridiculous with my life. <laughs> 
but the Columbus game, like that's a team they they love to lock it down. They love the, they 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 play classic John Tortorella hockey. Yep. Where hey, you don't necessarily have the highest skill level. That's okay. You know, we get we get by by playing a really committed, physical, uh, a hard to play against kind of game. And they get the pucks deep. They force the defense to turn their back and and play that way. Yeah. And and then they they get in and then and they play physical style. You know, they they grind it out. They they force you to be good on your breakouts. Uh, they force you to make good decisions. They they're very, very, very similar to what the blues do in in terms of how they want to force you into mistakes. You know, Dallas wants to block shots and then chip pucks out and and play a little bit of a different kind of shot suppression or goal suppression kind of style. Whereas uh, St. Louis and Columbus want to, uh, they want to pressure you into mistakes and create on counterattacks. St. Louis and Columbus feel a lot more sludgy. The neutral zone is just brutal against yeah, those Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like uh, uh, the crawling in the, you know, the, when the, the soldiers going through like boot camp and they're like in the yeah. mud and it's pouring rain and they're crawling underneath like the barbed wire through the pig carcasses and stuff. Yeah. yeah, That's exactly, that's exactly what it looks like. Those two teams do in the neutral zone. Right. They set up their, uh, their little picket fence or whatever you want to call it. And, and you have to solve it without getting trapped and, and they're pretty effective. Colorado's Colorado's record in the six games against those two teams this year is four and two. Pretty good. So it's really just Dallas that gave them problems. Yeah, Dallas has had been their issue this year, but it which is honestly looking like the team they might play in the playoffs, but that's oh, a different topic man. for a different day. Yeah, and on a just on a purely selfish note, please. <laughs> well, I would love to spend like four or five extra days in Dallas with my best friend and just hanging out. Just hanging. Hockey. Covering the abs, yeah, that yeah. would be pretty cool. Oh, God, he's so amazing, especially because last year was Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the opposite of Dallas, but the, the Blues game, the Blues game was really impressive uh, because they just the Blues game, the Blue Jackets game, um, basically the same in name, just God. like the way they play. <laughs> right, exactly. Um. Just a really impressive win. Obviously, the comeback aspect of it was great. But what I really liked about it is that from a mental standpoint, in previous years, this is a team that would have felt sorry for itself. It would have yeah. it would have felt sorry for itself that it was, oh, gee, you know, the, 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 the bounces are just aren't going our way tonight. It just, I mean, look at this. We hit five posts in the first two periods to the point where the Columbus broadcast literally started the third period with a montage of the abs hitting posts. And yep. and then would later go on to complain that Grubauer had been lucky all night, which was <laughs> unbelievable nope. entertainment. Um, but it was it was interesting because they they just kept pushing, and I think that that's where we're seeing this team really separate itself from previous years. Everybody was very like, "Oh, here comes the losing streak. They can't win in these months. It's a Bedner thing." You know, the, oh, Bedner can't coach his team out of losing streaks. And now, now we've seen it. Yeah. I don't, and, and I, I didn't blame Bedner for the losing streak and I don't credit Bedner for pulling them out of it. I don't, I don't know that he has a whole lot to do with it. I think the players are just playing good enough hockey right now. And I think they're playing very good hockey. A shout out to Bednar being over 500 again. Yeah. I think he might just stay above it this time. Yeah. For uh, hopefully for at least a little while, man. That's yeah. And then next next up is getting him well above 500 in the postseason. Yep, that's that's the next step. Yeah. On this Blues game, the, Blue the funny thing about it was... Yeah, Blue Jackets, sorry. We're, <laughs> We're both messing that it. up now. <laughs> yeah. um, this was a really dumb hockey game, in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> because the Avs second period was probably their best period of the night outside of some stupid penalties and questionable penalties at that. They give up the only goal of their game in the second period. The first 10 minutes of the third period, the Avs get absolutely smoked. The Blue Jackets were out shooting them like 14 to 1 or something. And then they score two and come back and win. 
And in a, in a same game where the Avs had hit five posts in the first two periods, and both teams come out of that game just kind of shrugging their shoulders like, what just happened? That's a real weird game. Yeah. It definitely is. But again, to find a way to win in that game, I think is right. the, the thing that you take away from it. If you're the Avs, for sure, yeah. It wouldn't have made them less of a Stanley Cup contender had they lost that game. You know, it's it's not like you're like, oh, well, truly elite teams find a way in every single situation ever. You know, Boston just lost to Detroit, by the way. Yeah, which is their second time losing to them. So <laughs> why I say every year, like these things happen. But uh, that Colorado, I think it's it's more of a credit to them that they won those two games over the weekend and the Columbus game in the way that they did, then it would have been uh, uh, a negative had they lost it. For sure. And the other big thing there is it is the first half of a back-to-back, right? Mm-hmm. By winning that game, the Minnesota game becomes a total free roll for the abs. Totally, man. That's a good way to put it because like you go into that and you're like, cool. We got our two points out of this back to back. Whatever happens, happens. Exactly. You know, you're so. we're three and two at worst on this road trip. We'd love to get these points. We'd love to be, you know, we'd love to continue trying to bury the wild and get them out of this. We'd like to beat a central division team. Oh, plenty of reasons to get up for that game, obviously. But in the end, like you, your expectations are just like whatever happens, happens. Yep. It, it liberates you. Uh, it 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 liter- it liberates you to just p- play freely to just whatever right right it, no pressure basically all of a sudden this is a it's not a we have to at least get this game to overtime to go 500 on the trip or whatever for right because if you if you lose the columbus game they lose that game one nothing there's a lot of pressure that they put on themselves going into minnesota Hey, uh, all of a sudden we're staring down the barrel. The only the only guys that we can now beat are the bad teams. It's it's because smoking Buffalo and Ottawa is not going to be meaningful in either way. You should have done it. They did it. Uh, that that they did it wouldn't have said a whole lot because those are two teams that are not playing very well right now. They're not very good. Blah 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 blah. But having those been the only wins on the trip, you're feeling bad about the trip. And now it's the exact opposite. You are feeling yep. like this could be a springboard to a big run, especially with a five game homestand coming up. It did before the Avs even won the Columbus game. At least to me, it felt like that when they scored that first goal, I was like, okay, they're going to win this game. And here we go. So yeah. I'm, Get hyped, I guess, for what's coming in the second half. And we will talk about that Minnesota game here in a minute, but we got to get out of this second period here. And let me tell you, my wife is in graduate school and taxes for graduate students are really, really complicated. I don't even know how they work. It's very confusing. But you know who probably does is Symbio Tax and Administration. If you need to get the most out of your 2019 tax return, Symbio provides its clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional. You can call up George over there and he will give you a free consultation. You can reach Symbio Tax at 720-366-4470. George, obviously an awesome guy, Avs fan, DNVR subscriber, all of that. So hook him up, help out the DNVR fam as we're all about everyone here. They can also assist you with other things like rental properties, small businesses, and even investments if that's what you need. If you can't call them, you can visit them online at symbiotax.com. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O-Tax.com. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo and AJ here. We've talked about Columbus. AJ, I've got a question for you. Okay. If you... We're going to strain your spaghetti. Would you use a strainer or would you use Devin Dubnik? Oh, <laughs> that's cold blooded. <laughs> I'm um, just saying. Given given that Belmar goal, I might prefer his blocker. Yeah, there you go. Devin yeah. Dubnik's blocker as your spaghetti strainer is perfect. Yeah, I honestly I think it's a great way to. 
great way to make them eats. Yeah, I, and then he'll give you the leftovers off the rebound, and, and Landy will clean them up for you. So, yeah, boy, that, those goals were sh- not good. <laughs> they were not good <laughs> at they all. They were not good. So, uh, none of them really. Like even the McKinnon goal, like that's a great screen, but I, I mean that puck just goes right through you. Yeah, it, it felt painful to watch honestly i mean it felt great to watch because you know it's minnesota but <laughs> and feel no sympathy for minnesota whatsoever no I mean, really just for devin dubnik who like his entire career he's just been really fiery and yeah. like i think if 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 he was like my goalie right like if if i had a goaltender i would that i that i was back there defending uh and he was fiery like that i'd love him to death i'd love that dude to the ends of the earth. But going against him, it's just like, shut up. Yeah, I mean, if you want to uh, immortalize yourself to the Avs fan base, just pull a Matt Calvert and tackle Devin Dubnik. I loved, I loved, and I wanted to, I had to, I, I ultimately resisted the urge to tweet it out last night, but I loved that, like, the one thing that everybody in hockey agrees that you don't do is mess with goalies, right? Like, you just don't run into them. Yep. You don't touch goalies, otherwise it sets all kinds of craziness off. And Matt Calvert was like, whatever, I'm just going to push this guy over. <laughs> just straight up is like, because like, and like Dubnik is, it's not like Dubnik is just like an innocent bystander. Yeah, he's such a punk. Never in his career has he been an innocent bystander to anything. Uh, He just like, he's, he's trying to hold him down. Yep. And like, these are the com- little competitive things that happen all the time in games, right? But... I love that Matt Calvert's just like, yeah, I get it. All right. I get it. You know, we saw it in Detroit last year where he skated by and somebody grabbed his stick and he speared the dude on the bench for it. Yep. Like Matt Calvert is not here for your nonsense. Like he will answer nonsense with nonsense. And so Devin Dubnik like is trying to hold him down onto the ice and he gets up. He just shoves him over. <laughs> just pushes him over. It's great. Should go on Calvert's all-time highlight reel for sure. <laughs> and it was just like, like, just knocks him down. And then what? Like Luke Cunning was like, "Did you just do that? Are you serious, bro?" Yeah, he was like, "Now I have to get upset." And like we, oh, rebel, rebel, rebel. And it was just, it was wildly entertaining. And on both sides, like it was like both guys are just doing a silly, and it was funny, and it was it was ultimately harmless. And like these are two teams that don't like each other. So naturally, it was a very, like, boys are going to be boys kind of thing. Yeah. In a non-toxic and harmful way where it was like, just let them, let them, just let them do it. Let them punch it out. It's fine. They'll be fine. Yeah. And, and like, I loved, I loved that Minnesota tried to bully the abs. I loved it because this is not an abs team that's, that's here for it. That worked four years ago. You know, we saw it worked in Minnesota, especially because you notice when the wild come to Denver, they don't play that way. They don't, they don't have that same kind of uppity nonsense as they do when they're in their own building. I imagine that's a natural thing. You're empowered by your home crowd to be kind of an animal. Sometimes you get a, you get, you know, you get a little donkey in you when, when the, when the home crowd is there. Right. And I so I'm not saying that because this is not like a Minnesota specific thing, but like I love that they like got amped up. Like Kale McCarr tried to hit Jordan Greenway, and Jordan Greenway was like, "Rebel, rebel! How dare you? I'm gonna tackle you!" And like Kale McCarr wasn't having any of that either. And was, then Matt Calvert rolled up again. <laughs> yeah, I, and I love that they tried to bully the Avs, and the Avs didn't did not back down from it because there's so much talk about how the Avs are soft and how. Oh, they're easy to play against, and how oh these these good defensive teams always seem to take advantage of them, and whatever and whatever. And it's like outside of Dallas, the Avs have a winning record against at least a five hundred record against every team in the NHL uh, that they've played twice, except the Pens, who they lost to in overtime twice. So technically 500. Well, and right. You have four points that are on the line in a season series against the Pens. You got two of them. Standings wise, you got to win out of that season series. So, but the abs, the abs outside of Dallas are a, are a 500 team against every single team that they've played multiple times. Yep. So 
there isn't when you talk about oh like the abs against these certain styles they're bad against them like nobody is stopping them from winning games consistently except the stars and again two of those games overtime games so it's I don't know, man. I just, I loved, I loved that they got, bu- that a team tried to bully them and they didn't blink. That they stood up and they were like, no, we're just not that team anymore. We're not Shenanigans here. will not be accepted. Right. Like, we're not here for your nonsense. They didn't get involved in running around. Nikita Zadorov did not get involved in doing something stupid just for the sake of sending a message. It was a very disciplined response. They just kept playing the game. And yes, they got involved in scrums and they hit guys back and, you know, they, it wasn't, it wasn't like they just turned to, you know, the, the turn the other cheek and were super, you know, Colorado choir boys, but they, they did it in a measured enough way and they focused on what they had to do and they got out of there with a win. And to be honest with you, like Minnesota didn't push nearly hard enough in that third period. They tried to do the whole bully thing, and it just didn't. It didn't work out for them. And the Avs, the Avs held on relatively easily. Yeah, it felt comfortable, right? And yeah, yeah, it did. They were willing to take rushes up the ice, even and and get their offensive opportunities in the third because Minnesota just couldn't put the pressure on. Absolutely, like Minnesota can't play that way. They. They can't play that kind of comeback style where they've got to lay it on them. They want to grind teams down. They want to wear them out. They want to cycle them. They want to stack good shifts together to create their offense and their goals. This is not a team that's a quick strike team. They don't They don't want to play that way. They don't want to play in a way that Colorado wants to play. And the Avs, for, for all their faults, I thought the Avs did a perfectly fine job in managing the third period yesterday. It wasn't, you know, I don't know what in the world that was from Landeskog with the empty net. That was awful. He wasn't even close. The worst backhand this year, maybe. (laughs) And just sort of, it's, it's amazing. He scored in that game because it felt like, again, like he struggled. Yeah. It was not a good game for Landy. You know, (laughs) I like when they moved him out of that, away from the top line and look what happened. He, he was on that top line on the ice when that terrible backhand happened. Like yeah. it's cursed. Just let it be done. I, I mean, I agree with you there. I, I think the, the three headed monster needs a, needs a break or something. Because... Yeah, definitely. Cause like and... one of them, it's like, it's like one of them is high. One of them's asleep and the other one's looking at the other two. Like what the hell's going on here? <laughs> well, I mean, Landy makes the most sense, not just because of his struggles, but because I do think Rantanen has started to find some semblance of, of something again, playing next to McKinnon. At least yeah. on the power play, he's been effective. So, Yep. I, I think, I think Miko is. was starting to look a lot. I, I wrote in my takeaway yesterday that Miko looked a lot more like Miko. The puck protection and the way that he was uh, aggressively trying to pursue offense and create offense. We haven't seen a lot. He's been very content this year to cycle pucks and uh, to give it up and to kind of play like more of a team oriented game. Now, when you're 13 feet tall and 230 pounds of brick, you don't, you don't just let defenders off the hook. You force them to defend you. And he did a lot more of that yesterday. And I thought that that, I thought that that in the Minnesota game, especially was very encouraging. Because uh, if he really gets back to finding his groove, man. And, I mean, look at how the Avs scored in this game. You can call them soft goals, and mm-hmm. sure, there were weird situations with shorthanded goals. But a team like the Wild, who wants to have consistent shifts that grind you down, mm-hmm. the Avs get a goal out of their third line. They get the power play goal out of the top guys, and then they get a goal out of whatever you want to call the Landis-Cog Confer line. Yeah. So uh, the depth scoring is... The abs out depth the team that wanted to try and wear you out. That's so. the, well, and that's how Minnesota's built. They're built one through twelve. Yeah, exactly. They're not. They are not. They do not have the high end talent uh, to 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 hang. Where it's like, okay, we're going to put these guys out there, and they're going to be very, very, very good. Like Kevin Fiala was on fire in that game, and all he did was make the one great play on the power play for the goal. But at even strength, the abs were able to handle it. Yeah, I, that's 
I truly believe the Avs can take any team at five on five. Yeah. I have no doubt about that. Agreed. So they stay out of the penalty box and stop getting phantom calls. And you know what? The Avs might beat anybody. Which, by the way, how unlucky has Rantanen been with the whistles lately? <laughs> I, yeah, you know, the. I feel like it's just one of those things, right? Where you're just like, oh, yeah. it absolutely is just randomization. It just happens to be Rantanen in the past couple of games that's getting the, the weird calls on him. Yeah, the one yesterday frustrated me a lot because that's just a, that's a ref not knowing what he's seeing. Yep. Like flat out, like you have to. And, and that's where that's one where experience hurts you. Yeah. Because you're so accustomed to sticks doing certain things in certain situations that he saw that and was like, oh, that was ranted and stick and ranted and stick didn't do anything. I mean, those are the exact type of plays that that's where it's like, why not have a sky judge? It yeah. takes five seconds for someone to look at that, see what happened, radio down and say, hey, that's not a penalty. Yeah, we I mean, because we were. We were what? maybe 10 seconds after the call and they're getting yeah. the power play unit and the, pe- the penalty kill unit are on there. And we'd already known all of us watching the game had, had already learned it was a bad call. Yep. Because so, they'd already shown two different replay angles that show that it wasn't random and stick at all. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not asking uh, more review and more interference in the flow of the game and all that, I think, is a slippery slope that makes me nervous. But you do have to think that common sense should be playing a role into some of this. Yeah, I I mean, that's the point, right? They're, when you have a sky judge or whatever you want to call it, if they can't decide that there was a difference in the play by the time the next puck dropped, then it's done. It, yeah. Play it like exactly like football does. If the next snap gets off, then the next snap gets off and you're done. Yep. So it's just so weird that they talk about wanting to get the call right when it comes to things like offside and then plays like this regularly. They don't. Well, and then like the, the offside, they take, they take five minutes to review it. You're yeah, talking about yeah. something that has no impact on the play where it's just, it's just like guys, like you're spending all this time on this. And this was a very easy call to be like, Oh, well that's an automatic call that we thought it happened one way. And it obviously didn't. Right. Super, super easy to fix, but yeah, we don't have to get too much more into the minutiae of that because it's silly and dumb yeah. and the abs won this game anyway. So hell yeah, they did four one on the week smoke two bad teams come from behind victory beat Minnesota on the second night of a back to back against arrested wild Two one goal two two victories in one goal games. It was a, it was a perfect week. It was it. It really was. The numbers are, was great. We haven't even talked about it. Goaltending yeah. was great. Philip Grubauer gave up three goals in three games. Frankie gave up two goals in his one game. We were talking about quality start percentage, and it was just 80% for the last week. Boom, 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 boom. You take it all year long. This The goaltending was one of the big question marks in the second half for the Avs. How consistent can it be? Throw out the Flyers game, like we said, because of the rest, and it doesn't get much better than what it's been. So, definitely, yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess unless you're uh, insanely lucky and the other team hits five posts on you or something. But. Yeah, which, I mean, the I, it was the double doink that killed me. Yeah, oh yeah. Because, it, like, pucks are shaped in such a way that they bounce in a silly way. And, strange directions. <laughs> and for it to go post, post, straight down, and then along the goal line was like, whatever. <laughs> Well, the Avs still don't have uh, have the triple post yet, so. I tell you, Makar will get it. You think? Dude. There's, it's how, all him. It's happened once in the NHL before. I don't know if it's happened again, but it wouldn't be the first ever. It would definitely be the first time the Avs did it. Nonetheless, the Avs are up to 65 bad posts on the season, so 
they're going to do it. They're going to have more than one post a game by the end of the year. I'm hoping. I'm. I mean, come on, man. We're going for a hundred. Do it. Get the big triple digits, and like twenty five percent of them will be Makar alone. Yeah, straight up. So, not only will they beat you by putting pucks in the net, they'll beat you at three bar as well. AJ, any final thoughts on the Avs as we get into what should be an exciting week with kind of a lot of things going on? We got a lot of stuff going on, man. Um, yeah, we've we've got uh, Ottawa in town. Uh, Ovechkin's going to score his 700th on Thursday in Colorado and then Stadium Series. You and I are meeting up with any DNVR listeners, subscribers, whoever would like to come down on Friday night at 6 p.m. to Blake Street Tavern to hang out and watch a random hockey game or a basketball game or whatever happens to be on television and hang out. Uh, We've got trade deadline pod this week. This should be a fun one. We're doing our proposals that apparently Evan is stressing about. Yeah. Good time. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see what trades y'all come up with. I'm excited to see some people. I know we got some people seriously flying in from like Europe and stuff. So yeah, I'm look. I'm excited to hang out with that guy from Germany that I've been talking to on the internet for like five yeah. years. Is that Avs Germany? Yeah, I'm so I'm so excited to meet him just because I've talked to him so many times for so <laughs> many years that it's like yes, we get to have a beer together. Hell yeah, I'm, I'm man. excited about that. I think it's going to be really cool, man. So come hang, come hang out, be part of the gang. It is Valentine's Day. Bring your wifey if you want. She's welcome to ch- to chill as well. Or if you're the wifey, bring the husband. I guess whatever. Yeah. Either way, come hang out, drink some Breck Brew, have a good time with us. We are going to get out of here for this final period of the podcast. And I do wonder which team in the league, AJ do you think needs Green Mountain Dental Group the most? Oh, boy. Um, Winnipeg. Yeah, there are a, yeah. Lot of, a lot of toothy smiles on that one. I feel like there are a lot of hidden gappers up there. All right, because I do know the Evs' defense has quite a few missing teeth as well. Oh, man. So they might give them a run for their money. But either way, Green Mountain Dental Group is in Lakewood, and they're the best family-owned dentist in the metro area. Plus, they are extreme Colorado sports fans, just like everyone here at DNVR. To get a free Sonicare, all you need to do is schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with Green Mountain Dental Group. It's a sweet electric toothbrush. If you're into that type of thing, I've always had an electric toothbrush because I'm lazy and it makes my life really easy. I don't have to brush as hard. So I'm a fan of that. They've been with us for a long time now as well. Obviously, we love them on the Avs beat because, you know, we watch people get their teeth knocked out all the time. So they help out in that way as well. And yeah, just (laughs) give them a call today and get that cleaning x-ray and exam scheduled for your free Sonicare. The NPR Avalanche with Hayfully.